ticket. These days, it is hard to find movies to enjoy together as a family. Jesus Revolution from the creators of I Can Only Imagine is one of those rare treasures that's not only entertaining and well-made, but it also reflects our Christian values. The story follows a young Greg Laurie who's been searching for all the right things in all the wrong places, getting carried away by the wild hippie movement. That is, until he meets Lonnie Frisbee, a charismatic street preacher who's passionate about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the hippies. Well, Lonnie teams up with Pastor Chuck Smith, and in a show of radical hospitality, they open the doors of Chuck's church to the barefooted, the long-haired, drug-addled hippies of Southern California. In doing so, they find themselves in an unexpected revival that will change the world. Jesus Revolution is rated PG-13 and stars Joel Courtney, Jonathan Rumi, Kimberly Williams-Paisley, Anna Grace Barlow, and Kelsey Grammer. It was a joy to work with my friend Ann Wilson on one of the songs in the film, Living Water. I hope you love both the song and the film, which is now available on demand, digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Visit JesusRevolution.movie to learn more. Again, that's JesusRevolution.movie. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. Always so thankful for all of those who are listening week in and week out to the podcast. We did it, guys. We came to the end. We've reached the end of the My Story, Your Glory Spring Tour, 32 cities in the books. We've traveled around the country. It's been one incredible night after the other worshiping with one incredible audience after the other, the love, the support, uh, the singing, um, the kindness, the posters, the gifts, the stories. I still have so much to process for what an incredible and amazing run it was. And today we're, we're sort of celebrating the wrap-up of the tour uh, by nature of who my guest is but more on that in just a moment. I'm not calling him a moron. I'm saying more on that. I should have broken up those words a little better. I'm tired. I'm exhausted from being on the road, but I am very thankful and my heart is full. The other night, somebody was holding up a poster in the audience, a big pink poster, and all it said was, I love your podcast. <laughs> And I thought that was really, really awesome. So just, uh, again, can't thank you guys enough for showing so much love and support and coming out to see us. If you missed your chance to catch a show on the My Story, Your Glory tour, what can I tell you? It's too late, my friends. But we will be back on the road. I'm taking a couple of months off from touring, but I'll be back playing some festivals in July and August. And uh, there might be a special announcement coming up about the fall, but... We'll have to wait and see. We have already, however, announced the Come Home for Christmas weekend. I know you might think it's too early to um, talk about Christmas, but you know people have to make their plans. And we had so much fun in Franklin, Tennessee for our first annual Come Home for Christmas weekend. And we've decided to go ahead and do our second annual, and it is officially on sale now. The tickets have gone incredibly fast, and um, if you go to MatthewWest.com, there's two tiers of tickets. There's like a gold and silver, and all the gold passes have been sold, so only silver is left, but I would still encourage you to uh, hurry up 
and make sure you get to Franklin, Tennessee to ring in the Christmas season with us. Uh, the dates for that are December... What are they? Let me look them up real quick. First through the third. So right after Thanksgiving, come to Nashville, come to Franklin. Special Christmas concerts, dinner together. So much fun. Can't wait for you to check it out. Come and join us. Go to MatthewS.com for that. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, I guess I'm going to catch my breath now that I'm off the road. Getting to celebrate some special occasions for the West family. Uh, my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Emily. I love you. You're my best friend, and I'm so thankful to uh, walk through life with you. Our anniversary is coming up, and Mother's Day. So what I'm trying to say is May is a very expensive month for me, but uh, I love my wife, and uh, I just wish all of those holidays weren't within a week of each other. <laughs> so I'm going to go get a job at Starbucks now. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, let's dive into today's show. My guest today really needs no introduction, but I had the honor of introducing him every night because we have been on tour together this entire spring. And I, I think you're really going to love this fun conversation we had sort of recapping the tour that was talking about his career, his ministry, his perspective on life. This guy's an inspiration. And, uh, I'm blessed to be able to call him friend. Let's go to the story house with Mac Powell. Ladies and gentlemen of this podcast listening audience, your dreams are about to come true. Your minds are about to be blown. You're about to be entertained and ministered to simultaneously by the great, the powerful, my tour mate, my buddy. Mac Powell, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Great. Last night you introduced me. What I say? Almost as good as that just now. Yeah. Uh, you said, "Let's hear it from the great Mac Powell." I'm like, "The great, <laughs> the great." Hey, all right. <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's been fun to like dream up ways to uh, introduce you and like build upon it. Yeah. I feel like that's been a story of a storyline that's ongoing throughout this tour. Yeah. Has been. This, there's a story you tell. How can we one-up each other? Yes, yeah. And so my big thing, what I landed on early in the tour was, which was not, you know, a, a stretch for me, was what a big third-day fan I have always been. And um, hold on one second, because now my tour manager, the minute we start the interview... Mm -hmm. Tim interrupts it. Hey, Tim, he's going to be the guest hey. appearance. Tim, well, we're recording. Can you see? Hey, we're busy You here. wanted food. I got your food. Look, this <laughs> is right. the ultimate flex. Did you bring Mac anything from Starbucks? I don't have any Starbucks. What? I got a Texas Roadhouse. Oh, you went to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> um, okay, so that's a flex right there. I like to have food delivered right in the yeah. middle of the recording. You told him. You told Tim, hey, Wait. three minutes into this, I want you to walk in with my stuff. Yeah, and show Mac what yes. a big deal I am. <laughs> so my my intro of you on this tour, which, by the way, we're, we're coming to you today from Texas. It's the last show mm -hmm. of the My Story, Your Glory tour. Yes. We've had an absolute blast. I've had a blast hanging out with you. We're yeah. going to talk about our experience together, right. all the fun things right. we've gotten to do. But so I started my introduction of you. I get to intro you every night, and it's like huge Third Day fan, being out in the crowd, dreaming of one day being as cool as Mac Powell, the yes. front man for Third Day, and then lowering my sights to realize after all these years, it's still not going to happen. So then my goal was, well, if I can't be as cool as him, maybe I could be friends with him. Yes. And then I tell the crowd, I brag that I've got your phone number right. in my phone. And then you lie and yes. tell people that I never answer. I yeah. answer every time. I you do call. that for the laugh, though. Do you hear him laugh <laughs> yeah, every do. time I say I he never answers? They, they, here's the thing they laugh. 
But they also go, what a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of, I'm throwing shade at you a little bit. You are, yeah. I apologize. It was not intended. Hey, it's worth, it's worth the laughs. And then when you're on stage, (laughs) you you started, uh, what do they say? Spinning a yarn or what? I mean, you start telling quite a tall tale. I tell this tall tale of when we first met. Oh yeah. First time we ever met. I don't know if, and and I say sometimes, Matthew and I haven't even talked about this face to face (laughs) on the tour. I go through this whole thing about, you know, when you were 10 years old and you came to a third day show and we were playing right outside of Chicago and, and I tell the people that, uh, yeah, tell, you, tell you it came like up, you're telling the audience. Okay. So I remember the first time that I met Matthew West <laughs> <laughs> and there we were, <laughs> there we were doing this. <laughs> so I so, say, you know, third day had been around for a couple of years. We were putting out our second record, you know, as, as you're saying correctly, that as the, every show you know, the next day, it's something it's added more to the story. Yeah, yeah. Now it's gotten to, we're playing right outside of Chicago, and, I, and I'll, I'll never forget, Pastor Joe, Matthew's father, brought him to a third-day show, and he was at a meet-and-greet right before the show, and he, this little cute kid with a bowl cut with a mullet comes up to me. <laughs> That's my favorite holds up, holds up a tape, and then I look to Matt, your guitar player, and go, because he's young, I go, yeah. Matt, a, a tape is a... <laughs> Is this rectangle? <laughs> hey, never mind. Don't worry Just about it. Forget it. Yeah, ask your mom. <laughs> That's great. And then, uh, then I proceed to tell the story of how you came up to me and said, "Mr. Powell, will you sign this tape for me?" And I'll go, "Oh, little <laughs> cute little kid. What's your name? Matthew West, sir." And everybody goes, "Oh." <laughs> And they're right along. I mean, you oh, sucked yeah. them right in. Oh, they're yeah, believing yeah. this moment. They believe the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And I go, I sensed the anointing on this child. <laughs> I could tell, even as a 10, 11-year-old kid, that God was going to use this guy. And everybody's like clapping, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, what's your name? And he said, Matthew West. And I said, no, son. Your name is not Matthew West. <laughs> your name is child of the one true king. <laughs> and everybody at that point, they they're like, cheering. yeah, they start cheering. They're like, oh. And then I say, then Matthew, little Matthew West gets out a little piece of paper and writes it down. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's that's when a few people go wait a second <laughs> but i don't know man i've heard it there's been many nights where it feels like the crowd's like going that's what inspired yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're right there with you and then you started building upon yeah this. started building on it. and then i went uh well then matthew the next thing he said was mr powell i would love to do what you do one day i would love when people don't realize you're what four or five years younger yeah. than me i'm, I'm talking like <laughs> i'm a full-grown it, yeah. adult and you're a little kid <laughs> Uh, Mr. Powell, can you give me some advice in Christian music? I go, yes, yeah. little, little Matthew West, little child of the one true king. I got some advice for you. Number one, I want you to follow Jesus with all your heart, your mind, and soul. Go after Jesus. And everybody cheers. Yeah, yeah. I go, the second thing is I want you to live your life with no regrets <laughs> and no what ifs. And at that point, people start they going, start yeah, it they up? start going, wait a second. <laughs> And then I say a few more things, and then I go, truth be told, yeah. I don't know if it really happened that way. And then they all, then they start, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. This guy. So we've both, basically, we've just established that we've both been telling lies We're big from liars. the stage on our tour. <laughs> yes. Dude, it's been so much fun being on the road together. It's been great. Also, let me interrupt you by saying you go into this wonderful story uh, that's from your book that happened uh, with meeting Arthur, the uh, Uber yeah, driver. Yeah, that's right. So there's been a handful of times last week. 
actually. So you told the story every night to the audience, and everybody loves the story. It's a great story. It's funny. And your crew guys, I'll go to the side like with DZ or your monitor guy, and I go, you know none of this happened, right? <laughs> and he's like, what? I was like, he's making this whole thing up. Come he's on, like, no way. Dude. <laughs> You're making me out to be a fraud. <laughs> I go, no, no, I'm just kidding. It's true. Hey, uh, you've had an uh, especially challenging tour, though, because yeah. – um, you're so old. No, just <laughs> no, that is true. That no, is true. no, because what I love, I just love how you made that story. Like I'm half your age, and like yeah, yeah, we're pretty right. much the same. Yeah. But um, you've had an extra travel on top yeah. of all the travel we've done. Yeah. You had some other concerts booked in the middle of the tour before right. we uh, synced up. Right, right, right. So you've been like splitting off, doing yeah. extra flights, and one of the reasons is because your home is not. Nashville, Correct. it's it's Georgia, and, yeah, it, and it has been a, yeah, yeah. forever. Right? Yeah, I've been in Atlanta. I'm from, originally from Alabama, but I've lived in Atlanta for thirty four years or so. I don't even know, on the same the like three thousand acres. It has to be three thousand <laughs> yeah, acres. It's, it's twenty five hundred. Don't exaggerate. Because the last time we did this interview, <laughs> your landscaper was uh, yeah, yeah. like weed whacking. Yeah, he was time. every time I would try to give an answer, it'd be like. <laughs> All this noise. One of my favorite. I was like, man, he's got a lot of acreage. <laughs> but so you've stayed in Georgia. You never called Nashville home, did you? No, no, never. It was one of those things when we first started getting busy and and actually going on tours and getting out outside of Georgia. All of us in the third day started getting married around that. Well, all five of us got married within a two year period. Okay. And uh, for us, it didn't make sense to move to Nashville. Plus, it's only about three and a half hours for us to get to Nashville. But it didn't make sense for us to move because we weren't going to be home anyway. We're going to be on the road. Why would we move our wives yeah. away from their Take parents their, yeah. and you know brothers Makes and sisters and stuff? So, so we just stayed in Atlanta and it worked out for us. And you've been coming to Nashville probably more frequently than yeah. even when you were in Third Day, would you say? Oh, because much of more, yeah. Now, doing your solo stuff, like coming to Nashville for writing trips and things like yeah. that. Yeah, because I never really did that with Third Day. We just wrote our own songs, and yeah. uh, and it wasn't because we thought we were better than anybody else. We just You're we a already, band. We are, we're a band, and we split our songwriting. There's already five songwriters on every song. We didn't have room to bring in anybody else. But I else. also think that's that's the magic. Yeah. That's what was special about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that was part of it, making it just you know our own thing, yeah. something that wasn't a Nashville thing. And so at least that's what we told ourselves. But so even like after tonight's show, you were telling me we'll get on the tour bus and yeah. head back to Nashville. Yeah, and I'll have to go to Shreveport, which is about an hour from here. From Long, we're in Longview, Texas, right now. Go to Shreveport, get up early in the morning, fly home. How like six a.m. Yeah, yeah, which so, means get up at five. You know, and then you get home absolutely just yeah, yeah. But I'll get to take a nap. I'll be good. Do you? I mean, do you bounce back pretty quick when when a tour ends? Yeah, because I know my answer is no. Like it takes me several days to. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, and for me, it, nothing's really changing that much. It, things get easier because this tour is pretty much Thursday through Sunday. Right. I'm still working every week, but uh, you know, it's a couple days here and there. Like I go to Canada next weekend, and so I'll continue to be touring. For shows. Yeah, for oh. shows. So I'll continue to tour just about every week until um, the summer hits, um, and then we get a couple of weeks off, but. But it's a little bit easier in the sense of it's only a couple of days, and so I have more time in between shows to to rest up. And on this tour, um, we've had the same band playing yeah. our, both of our sets, right? But 
like last summer we got to do some shows together and you had your family playing yeah. with you which was really oh, special so, yeah, so is great. that going to carry on and, yeah and when when people come and see you this summer yeah will you have the family back out yeah with a you? lot of stuff of what i do now i would say 75 percent, if not more of my shows are acoustic shows so it's either just me or me and one other person but when i do band stuff i try my best to have my family out so my daughter scout Got married last year, end of last year. She plays bass for me. Her husband, Alec, my son-in-law, plays drums. Yep. My son, uh, Cash, Cash, was playing guitar. Uh, he's moved on now. I got a real job. But, uh, yeah, I try to use them as much as I can. Your kids have the coolest names. Yeah, they do. We didn't, we didn't go. Like, I feel like you named your kids what a rock star would name their kids. <laughs> and I've, and that's like, okay, I knew he was a rock star. Yeah, that's and it. That's the proof. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Apple. <laughs> right, orange. You didn't go that right, right. You didn't go that far. Yeah. But I love the, their names. So, okay, difference between, like for you, experience-wise, because you said a lot of your concerts are acoustic. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine, I mean, you've been playing a whole set with a band, but, I mean, you acoustic is probably epic. And people love that what do you love more and or, or are there just really unique aspects to yeah. doing an acoustic set and then a band set yeah i think um I, th I love both and they're very different i think doing the acoustic thing it's a little bit more laid back of course uh a little bit more sharing i think uh if i'm playing with a band like like in your in your on your tour now i've got 30 minutes and I've got a band, and it's like I'm trying to get as much music in as possible. And you do just that. Yeah, and it's like I'm squeezing it every night. But it's more um, locked in, would yeah. you say? Mm -hmm. Like in term less flexibility. To, yes, yeah. absolutely. So I love when you do acoustic stuff, being able to be flexible yeah. and move to something else. A lot of times I'll do... Uh, in the middle of a, an acoustic set, I'll ask, what do you want to hear? You know, does somebody have a Just request? And try to, yeah, and try to go into any of those songs okay. that I might remember. Have you ever had that where they request a song? Because I've made, sometimes I've done that live mm -hmm. and said, you know, or, or at a, at a, like a Q&A session right. or something. Uh -huh. And they say, hey, can you play such and such song? And then I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> like, I actually yeah. had to Google my own right, song right. a couple times. Oh, every every time. So every, are you able to? But, no, no, okay, no. So every it's not time, instant recall? No, no. There's, there's, in fact, I give, I do a little joke, and I say, all right, there's going to be two disclaimers uh, as far as, like, requests. Number one, I want you to request only a song I remember, which narrows <laughs> okay. it down a lot. Well, that's smart. Why didn't I think yeah. of that? And then two is, like, uh, God bless them. They're friends. I love them, but please do not be requesting any Mercy Me or Casting Crown songs for me because it's hard enough for me to know my own lyrics and words, much less theirs. Did that, that didn't happen much, did it, though? Oh, they yeah, would get it does you confused have, yeah. with them? Yeah, yeah. People sometimes... Because your voice is so, so different. It doesn't matter, man. People hear these songs on the radio and they just think... Plus uh, it's Christian music, it's isn't Christian it? Music. Like, we're not on the cover of People magazine. Right, we're right. not, like in the public eye quite as much as right. pop stars. Like nobody's mistaking the Jonas Brothers for, you know, <laughs> yeah. One Republic or something. Right, right, right. right. But in Christian music, that oh, does definitely. happen yeah, a lot. Yeah, it does. There's, I mean, I, there's, a, there's people all the time come up to me. And I mean, this dude came up to me last month and said, man, uh, I remember you guys when you first started out. I was actually in California when you guys did a show out there. And Black goes on and on and on about how much loving loving our music and he's and then he's like Toby Mac I love you man and he left and I was like that dude thinks I'm Toby Mac I mean, he couldn't be more <laughs> off on that one right right I've had like at least I had one that was like telling me how much they loved my song Go West Young Man and I'm like <laughs> just because my last name it's is West, West right. I'm like you're way off and then I tell a story right at the beginning of our show about a lady like 
just weeping, telling me how much my songs administered to her. And like going on, it was the first time anybody ever recognized me in public. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's crying, and I'm just like, I'd never experienced this before. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how is my, this is amazing. And I was like really soaking it up. Right. And as I turned to leave, she said, Chris, Chris Tomlin, yeah. can we take a picture? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. Like, and I never, yeah. I felt, I didn't want to correct her, either. right? right I, so right. I just took the credit for it. Yeah, but. yeah, you totally should. Well, so you're doing a bunch of acoustic shows after this tour. Yeah, I try to do some acoustic stuff in even a band show, but like I love to book straight up acoustic shows as well for the same exact reason. But yeah. I don't open it up for requests because sometimes it's like it's a song I don't, yeah, yeah, you know, an older song or right. whatever. No, but. I get those every night. That somebody <clears throat> will say shout out a song. I go, I. I have no idea how to because a lot of these songs I never even played them. I just sang them. Like right. when somebody says, "Show me your glory." I love that song, and and Mark actually, Mark Lee actually wrote that song. But I never, I sang it a million times, but I never played it. So it's like I could figure it out, but it would take a minute, and it would. I would think that would be one of the more frequently requested. Yeah, it's one of them. Songs, it, right? What's very interesting is like so many times people request "Consuming Fire," "Blackbird," yeah. "Love Song," all these songs from yeah. the first record. And I go, y'all have made some good records since then. You don't have to just, I don't have only good songs on the first album. But and that so, first album seems to get like. Yeah, it gets a lot of requests. Really? And I think I think for me, when I think about a lot of my favorite artists, their first record or the first record I heard from them is there is that thing that, that you always go back to. So I think that's a lot of third day fans are that way. And so it's funny because from an artist's perspective, sometimes that can actually be like. I mean, we're so sensitive. We can receive anything in a discouraging way. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, wait, so I've got other songs. Yeah, yeah. But then the thought that a record meant so much to people that yeah. it's like it's etched in their memory for whatever period of time yeah. they were living in, like that's special too. Yeah. I wonder if that's how like, a, I don't know why I just thought of the name Peter Frampton. Uh-huh. But it's like an artist who's like way classic, mm-hmm. you know, or like uh, Steve Miller. Right, you know, I'm a joker. Yeah. I'm like, if there's one song, like there's one album basically mm-hmm. where one art, you know, and you've been blessed to have many more albums where people are going, I love this song, I love this song. Yeah. But there are some artists where it's like, just play Freebird, yeah. yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah, totally. And and they, I guess they have to be still grateful that anything was a moment in time. Yeah. In people's lives, yeah, and that's got to be—it's got to be hard as an artist going, "Look, I've got some other great stuff, but nobody really knows about it, or that's not what they care about." And I feel like that's coming for every artist, yeah, right? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's funny because um, I had a conversation with a guy. He actually is a guy who inspired one of the songs on my record, but he was encouraging me, and he said, "He's like, hey, I want to encourage you. I believe your best songs are ahead of you," mm-hmm. and. What it was so crazy about him saying that was like, I was like, is he reading my mail? Because, like, in my mind, mm-hmm. like, the battle of a songwriter or an artist's mind is, and I don't know if you ever struggle with this, is that that fear that, well, is the best one behind me. Right. Right. And so when yeah. someone spoke that to me, yeah. those were words that I didn't realize how much I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I try to talk myself into that too, especially, you know, I just turned 50 in December. So you go, okay, what's interesting. The last few years of third day, people would come up and go, "Hey, how much longer are you going to do this?" And I'm like, "Well, what, what's what's the problem? Why would you do? I need and to why stop." Would I? Yeah. yeah, and so it kind of, and I think people ask that out of like not so much you need to be done, but more of 
you've been doing this a long time. How much longer are you going to do it? And, right. I, and I always say, as long as people will listen, I'm going to sing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you struggle with that, especially when you've been around as long as I have. Did I make my, but I honestly, I, I'm very, I don't know. I have a lot of confidence. I think often about Moses I don't, and I've probably shared this story with you before, but I always go back to Moses and I think about how he had three different lives and he, he lived for 40 years as a prince of Egypt, had the best training, the best of food, the best everything, uh, education on down the line. Then all of a sudden if it's the opposite and from 40 to 80, he's living in the desert and, you know, things are think he's having to work for a living right. and, and, and learn a new profession and all this stuff and being away from his family and everything that he knew and in a new land and new, all this stuff. But, and we think of the desert from a thematic wise, we think of that as a hard struggle time. And it was, and yet, even in that desert, he met his wife, he had his kids, he started growing in his faith, uh, learning new skills. So, so God was using him in yeah. that time as well. And then from 80 to 120, which we're not going to live to 120, but from, from the last third of his life is when God finally says, now you're ready. <laughs> and so that's all always encouraged me that there's no retirement that's in, awesome. in the kingdom of God. And yeah, there's plenty of stories where God uses <clears throat> young men and kids and young people. There's a lot of great stories where God's using older people as well. So I just think, man, uh, the best is ahead of us. As if we want to make better songs, we can and we will. Well, know? and that's the crazy thing about it is like you've lived life. You've grown spiritually. You've seen a lot of things. Like it's yeah. like it would make sense that like we have a deeper perspective on mm -hmm. from which to to draw. We have a deeper yeah. well to draw from yeah. when we're writing now. So that's the irony yeah. of it. It's like the best can be ahead of you. I've never thought about Moses' story in that context, but I've always thought about like my life in going. I don't want to get so obsessed or consumed with this first act as if it's the only act. Nobody goes and sees a play that ends at intermission and right. considers the play done, right? right? I mean, like, I love the idea of thinking about the second act, and mm -hmm. here you are in a second act with mm -hmm. an awesome solo record that has gone gangbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it has. That's, <laughs> That's our... Uh, I said that the other day. We were on our way to Wrigley uh, because, yeah. I, and I got to give a shout out to Mac for hooking me up and hooking us up with uh, tickets to go to the stadium that I grew up going to, mm -hmm. Wrigley Field. Uh, before a game, we got to go see a Cubs game, which yeah. was so much fun. So fun. Um, of course, you spent half the game on a Doing Zoom call in the yeah. parking lot, but um, that's just the kind of guy you are. You still you know, said, no, I, do I, what want, I, can. I want little child of the one true king to have <laughs> a good time. enjoy the game, right. But well, I forget what I was saying, but I said something like, dude, that, that went gangbusters, and you got a kick out of this. Yeah, is that like, like what an old think? school yeah. term? Are you from the 30s? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you need to supercharge your hiring? Well, you need a super hiring partner. That's what you need. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with the powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Sometimes I'm reluctant to embrace my role on the 
business side of what I do because I'm so focused on writing songs and recording this podcast and going on tour, but I need a great team around me. And that's why I love the assistance that I get from Indeed. And you're going to love their help as well. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash West. Indeed.com slash West. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. So often, this is one thing I've, I'm sure that this has happened for you with the labels, but record companies, I remember us doing our third, fourth record, and like it felt like every single time people at management and record companies were like, this is the most important record you'll Jeez. ever make, this next one. And I go, well, you said that about the last one and the one before that. It's like, at what point did Elton John go, you know what? I'm just going to make a record. It doesn't have to be hits. I'm just going to, this is what's on my mind, on my heart. I'm going to put it out. It's like, at what point are you allowed to do that? You did know? you ever feel allowed to do that in the third day era, in the, in the third yeah, day well, days? Well, I, f- I felt allowed from my, for myself. But I'm saying, myself. did you give yourself that? Like, were, or, were there yes. specific records when you look back and go, that was a record where I felt free during that process, or yeah. did it take until your solo record? No, I think I think probably the third record we made was called Time. Oh yeah, and that was a record where that was the first time, and that came out in '99. So I guess we were making some of it in into '98, early '98, or early '99. And I remember making that record, going, you know what, we're just going to be us. We're going to do what we do, and and hope people like it. And not worry about it. So and, that early, you you allowed yeah, yourself to feel absolutely, that. and it comes through in that record. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. And what's funny is like we had never had uh, Christian radio was very different back then. You had Christian rock stations and Christian pop stations. Now everything's AC. It's like adult yeah. contemporary. Like all stations are. That, it all gets funneled into ninety nine percent of it. Yeah, you're right. And so our first AC single came from that third record. And so our first, we're like a little nervous going, we're kind of the youth group band, you know, we, we don't really have AC songs. We put a song out and it went number one on AC. And it was the record that you like, weren't even trying to be right, AC. Right, exactly. Wow. So that had to help inform you moving forward. Absolutely. So, so you found that place. Regardless yeah. of the, the outside voices that were maybe putting pressure and going, you have no idea how crucial this album is yeah. or this one. And, and you really tapped into the secret of, of the creative process early yeah. on, it yeah. sounds like, going, no, 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 no. What's going to make this special is if we're not crumbling under this pressure. Yeah. And so the solo record, did that feel even freer to some extent? Or I guess the creative process is just different. Yeah, it, it, it was very different. I, I will say this, and it's not to joke, but it's it doesn't always work out. You know, we made our last record as Third Day, and we went in the studio knowing we're not going for radio. We're just going to make this record and this this kind of thought and this idea. And musically, we went to Muscle Shoals, recorded at Fame Studio. We were going old school with this. And every time we got done with a song recording it, every single time we got we got done, we went, well, they're not going to play this on Christian radio. <laughs> so there was that balance of, man, this is the record we want to make. And my hope was let the artist do what is on their heart, on their mind, on their soul, and people are going to, you know, be drawn to it because we had done that before. 
But uh, it didn't work this time because the label didn't like it, and so therefore they didn't push wow. it. And it just kind of sat on the shelf. It got released, but it wasn't pushed at all. So where does that sit for you in terms of like, okay, music I've made throughout my life, I'm guessing the experience though, still like being in Muscle Shoals mm -hmm. and doing like, yeah. you got to check some creative yes. boxes. Yes. So are you still able to look at that and go, I can find the success even in what the industry might not be considering like yes. an, a success of epic proportions. Yeah. Mind you, your scale is all jacked up because mm -hmm. you've had the luxury of hitting the highest of heights right. in any music industry mm -hmm. with the amount of albums you've sold. Yeah. And you've seen those. I remember we were talking on the way to Wrigley and you were like, I mean, the you know, when being told is like, well, this one only sold only sold like 350,000 right. units or something. Right. And in right. today's world, you're going, holy that's cow, yeah. that's unbelievable. Right. So where are you able to kind of compartmentalize that? Yeah, it's to, you... it's to be able to find a balance in being, uh, having the joy and the happiness of like that's, and, and just the knowledge of knowing that's what we were wanted to do. That's what was on our hearts. We made the record we wanted to make. Yeah. And then at the same time, um, and this is not trying to throw the label under, under the bus because we, let's we, do it. They, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> they did a great job for many years with us, but they, we just didn't see eye to eye on the, on that process. I was kind of under the mentality of if you build it, they will come. If we make the record that we want to make, people are going to enjoy it and there's, it's going to find success somehow, even if it's not in the numbers and that didn't happen. So to your question, uh, this is a long answer to say, I've learned a little bit more about finding that balance of working with a team and trying to find sometimes compromise makes things worse and sometimes compromise makes things better. Hmm. And so you got to try to lean and hope that that compromise in doing what you feel as an artist. Yeah. And, and with a record, there's enough room for everything. I say to new artists, and we talked about this a little bit the other day that, you know, you've Matthew West, you've got to have, a couple, three hit songs, you hope, something that you at least think is yes. has an opportunity to right. be a hit song. You right. got to have, you gotta want have that on the record, yeah. the label wants that yes. on the record. Everybody wants it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't have slots for, hey, this is a song from the heart, or this is a song I wrote for my wife, Oh yeah, whatever, yeah. that's not going to be on the record. Yeah. And I mean, when I think of what you're saying, I think of the song that you told me on your most recent solo album, mm -hmm. uh, Love is the Reason. Yeah. Right. It's mm -hmm. like where you're going, like, this is a song that matters to you when you start to realize, like for me, giving yourself permission to go, hey, this song might not be for the masses. This song might be intended for 10 percent of the audience who listens to my music. But for that 10 percent, it might be everything. Yeah, it might be their anthem, their theme yeah. song or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't that's the hardest part is like somebody else set the goalposts right for us. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's got to have this, you know, in order to fit through those uprights, in order to fit through the goalposts, it's got to be this type of commercial type of thing. Mm -hmm. And and I think giving yourself freedom, I, I think it's really encouraging to hear you say that because I think I'm still learning to give myself that. I think it's one of the reasons I kind of made the record I did this past time was like, if I'm doing this many songs, mm -hmm. I know there's, I can kind of go to some different places. Mm -hmm. And I will say this too, like, I wonder if you feel like this, but even live, like in my live show, it's taken a long time for me to even give myself permission to play a song in my set that isn't one that the crowd might readily sing along to. Right. And I think once you get into that, it's like, okay, 
they're in it because they're singing with me, but what does it look like to, it almost felt too self-indulgent yeah. to go, hey, now I'm going to play a song that you maybe have never heard before. Yeah, but you got to do that, though. You, you got to do that you for yourself. To. Yeah. Because you're going to, if you're only doing the same thing over and over and over, you're going to get tired of it. Yeah. So when those those opportunities, it's a great point. Not only for a record, when I said you, there's enough space on a record to put things on there that you think need to be on there and things that you want to be on there. It's the same in a show. If you're doing, you're doing, you know, almost two hours of music. There's there's room to there's room to to do what you want to do. Yeah, like give yourself the permission to do right, that is right, important. Right. So speaking of like, I mean, I guess compromise for lack of a better word, but based on what you were saying, like your new radio single, mm-hmm. 1991. Yeah, you were telling me that at, at first you thought, oh, that's a fun song. I don't know if that's for the radio. Right. But then you had an encounter. On the tour bus, yeah, yeah, you're listening to some songs with other artists, yeah, yeah. right? So Can I was so fall fall of last year, I was on a tour called Mac Powell and Friends, and it was like uh, basically four of us on stools playing acoustic guitars, singing each other's songs, which and sounds like a blast. Yeah, it's it was so much fun, and those guys were great. Uh, I had Josh Baldwin, Mike Donahue from Tenth Avenue North, and Dave, uh, David Leonard. Oh, David Leonard, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the four of us were out, and playing music on the bus late at night, as you do. And so Mike had the idea, Donahue said, hey, play a song that that's one of your songs, and we'd kind of go around the circle taking turns. Play a song that you're really proud of. And so I played Love is the Reason, which, which is, is my favorite song on my record. Song, yeah. And everybody was like, man, it's a great song, it's great. And then every, the, kind of we kind of go around the circles, everybody played some songs, and then it was back to me. And I said, all right, here's a song that is very much so different for me, and yet it's cool, I like it, and I'm going to see what you guys think. Well, I played it, and they all started getting up, dancing, just freaking out. And I was like, well, maybe that's the next single, even though I would have never chosen that. Wow. And then I started talking to the label about it, and they they got fired up about just yeah. me being able to share my testimony through song yeah. and then trying to encourage other people to do that. So, yeah, who knows? It'll be interesting listening to this podcast months from now to see how to see how it resonated the, the, yeah it could drop off the face of the planet or it could become a big hit you never I, know what i love about it is like i love how specific it is in terms of i do feel like a lot of times christian radio maybe leans towards songs that don't have anything specific about the singer singing it mm-hmm. like when you listen to country radio like um, Thomas Rhett, mm-hmm. he'll have a song called Life Changes, mm-hmm. and he's talking about, you know, meeting his wife, and then he's right. talking about adopting his yeah. baby girl, and he's yeah, like, a, a little song. girl from Uganda, and this right. and that, and it's like literally stuff that only you Thomas Rhett him. could say, Correct, yeah. and he's like, ain't it funny how life changes, and that's mm-hmm. the number one song, mm-hmm. and it's so funny, because you actually wouldn't think of country radio being like the lane where somebody would be sharing these details that are so specific to that artist's story. Right. But in Christian music, that doesn't tend to be, at least every time I've written one that's like got specific details mm-hmm. about my life, mm-hmm. that's never the one that gets picked for radio. So I actually think it's a bold and exciting choice to go, to have a song called 91, mm-hmm. 1991. Yeah. Like, but then it also, what I think is the magic of it is it's wrapped in a in a hit song musically. Yeah, yeah. So you're able to have like some specifics about your story, but it's got this what like it's yeah, got yeah. these big the 80s chant to it. Yes, yeah. The big radio like it reminds me of like um Ben Rector in a great way. Right, right. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I that to me is what gets me excited because I want radio to like 
be open to mm-hmm. some specificity. Spe- yeah. You know what I mean? Fancy Which is a word. Hard word to say. <laughs> Did I say it right? I was going to say specifics. You totally said it I right. Went, specificity. I, went, I added some syllables. But now can you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Only if you use it in, well, I just use it in a sentence. What's the country of origin? Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. And are you working on a new record soon? Yeah, I'm uh, working slowly. The label, working? the label wants one, what, by June? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next week. Uh, you know, I'm working on something, but it's, I'm hoping to have a record out at the beginning of next year, Nice, but uh, we'll just see what happens. Uh, I do have an idea for what you could call your next album. Okay, let me hear it. Well, it's actually inspired by some audio that I have here, okay. and I was thinking you could call your next album Rowdy. Rowdy? And here's why. <laughs> um, I had my, uh, my front of house guy put together a little... Uh, montage of your performances <laughs> oh, geez. on the uh, My Story, Your Glory tour. Let's hear it. Let's take a listen. We got a rowdy crowd in West Virginia tonight. Got a rowdy crowd in Arkansas tonight, boys. We got a rowdy crowd in Texas tonight, boys. We got a rowdy crowd here in Salem Springs tonight, boys. There's never been a Delaware crowd that's rowdy. Oh. Oh. And then you went for the Ric Flair. Let's hear that again. <laughs> Let's see. Yes. Hey, man, I get excited. And that's about only rowdy the first crowds. half of the tour. Oh, my gosh. So our... You're giving away all my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I That is my favorite thing ever. But then last night, yeah, everybody you called that yeah. we were recording. Yeah, I'd heard about that. So I, I went up and went, we have a very enthusiastic crowd here tonight. <laughs> and the guys just looked at me like, what? <laughs> oh, man. It's been a blast uh, being on the road with you. Yeah, I know I've told around. you this before, but I've, I've always looked up to you and Thank had you, a ton man. of respect for who you are as an artist. And after this tour, it's like I leave just with yeah. even more respect for who you well, are as the, a the person. Fe- the feeling is neutral. <laughs> it's neutral. <laughs> it's very specificity. No, Wait man, a minute. Yeah. I used it in the wrong. No, it's been, it's been really – we have run into each other through the years, and we've had conversations yeah. and gone to dinner and those kind of things. But – it was really great getting to know you more uh, on this tour. You've been so kind that your people have been so great to me. It's been a lot of fun. This is, in some regards, the easiest tour. Not the traveling part, yeah. but like being on the tour is one of the easiest because everybody has just been so great. Yeah, well, that's and so awesome. Thank you for hear. having me. Well, I mean, it's it's full circle in such a cool way of like, in all seriousness, I joke about like going to see third day shows and like. But it's, it's, I literally, I'm like, I can't believe, like, we get to do some shows together yeah, and I get man. to hear you sing every night and you sound unbelievable every oh, night. We, man, we even got you. to ride on the tour bus and yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm not trying to germ, but I'm like, uh, I'm sitting there across from you and you start singing, playing <laughs> guitar, that left handed guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting, like, how cool is life that yeah. our paths get to cross like this? And, uh, so it's really yeah, cool, man. Thank Thanks you, for being man. part of the podcast. Two-time yeah. guest, yeah. by the way. Hey, do I get like you the get next a special time? jacket? Okay, great, good. It's, good. Uh, it's it's at the uh, seamstresses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but every time you're a guest, you'll I'll up the prize. So. Good. I, I don't th- actually that. five times might be the jacket. Okay, I'm gonna work on that. So number two, I'll figure out a present for you. Pretty soon, I'm hoping I can be the sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, man, on I the can introduce I can introduce you. Well, I've already. Uh, been interviewing your landscaper for that because he he made more noise (laughs) mag powell ladies and gentlemen 
Hey, now it's time for songs from the Storyhouse. Today's song from the Storyhouse is a song that we just released a brand new music video for, featuring my good friend David Leonard. We got to collaborate on this song together along with our friend AJ Pruse. This is uh, off of the Your Glory album. So if you remember My Story, Your Glory, it's a double album, 22 songs. And the Your Glory album is album two, and it's more of a worship record. It's inspired by the thought that when you realize God is at work in the story of your life, and that he can make a way even through the challenging or difficult or messy or broken or even seemingly worthless parts of our story, he can do something beautiful with them. When you realize that, the only natural response is to worship and say thank you thank you to the god who makes a way where there is no way and that's what this song is about let me read isaiah 35 verses 6 and 7 for waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water as you listen to this song today i wonder if you feel like you're in a desert maybe you feel like you're in a dry land. I hope the message of this song will will fall like rain on that uh, dry ground that you feel like you're in and that you'll be reminded that the words of this song are true. And you know, when I think about, there's certain times that I feel like a different light gets shined on the songs that I write. For me, I look at them in a different light. And I, I start to look at all the songs on the My Story, Your Glory album, and I realize all I'm doing is echoing the promises of God, song after song after song, being reminded of what God promises us in that we live in a world filled with promise makers that don't have any intention of becoming promise keepers, but our God is a promise keeper. And I hope as you listen to this song and you think about the seemingly impossible things throughout history, throughout the Bible, that man could not see a way and God made a way, may you be reminded that he will do the same with you. This is Maker. giants fall I look around me and the storm is raging but I look to you and the waves are calm my maker makes a He's my dad. He gives good advice. And that's why today's last segment of the show is called Dad Vice. Here's his theme song. He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me. Um, send us out with some encouragement today. All right. We're going to talk about three things pain and suffering can't do. And talking about pain and suffering 
I think we need to laugh a little. Why wasn't the teddy bear hungry? Because he was stuffed. There wow. we go. <laughs> you like that? They keep getting better. <laughs> I love that you don't wait for the, you don't give much room for them to like wait for the punchline. You just come right. You just hit them fast. Yeah, because I'm short on time. So I got to get as much in <laughs> as I can. My story, your glory, my pain, your purpose. Matthew, we just received a story from Christine. In her story, she talks about the abuse she suffered that resulted in 30 years of panic attacks. Then she shared how God rescued her. One day while she was riding a bus to work and planning her own suicide, a woman shared Jesus with her and invited her to church. It was there she invited Jesus into her heart. She ended by saying, I am so thankful for Matthew's song, My Story, Your Glory. When I heard that song and answered so many questions for me about why I had suffered so much. Now Christine ministers along with her husband in a food pantry ministry called the Hope Center. She now can listen, share her story, and pray for others, encouraging them to allow their own stories to bring glory. The question is, what's your story? Is there pain written on some of those pages? What are the chapters you wish were not recorded? What pain are you facing today? There are many types of pain, both emotional and physical. Let's look at three quick things that suffering and pain can't do this morning. One, it can't separate us from God. Romans 8.38, Paul said, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears today nor our worries tomorrow. The second thing pain and suffering can't do, it can't steal your purpose. My pain, your purpose. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says this in verses 9 through 11. My grace is sufficient. Here's what he said that Jesus told him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And then the third thing, pain and suffering can't last forever. We have hope now. 1 Peter 5.10, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast. Revelation 21, 4, we have the hope of heaven. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain or suffering for the former things have passed away. My dad vice, ask God to give you the strength to choose to forgive and allow God to use your story for his glory. And lastly, take hope in the fact that your pain will not last forever. That's good stuff. Thank you, Dad. All right, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Mac Powell, for joining me on the road on the My Story, Your Glory tour. Be sure to check out his latest album and his new single, 1991, which is awesome. And uh, go catch Mac Powell on tour in case you missed him. And uh, even if you've seen him before, go, 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 go. This guy's amazing. And I'm thankful to know Mac Powell. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, our ministry's called Pop We. And at popwe.org, you can share your story with me if you'd like to. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what God's doing in your life. Or maybe you've struggled to go, I don't know if my story has any value or purpose. Go today to popwe.org. Dive in. Join our community. And we have some great devotional materials there to help equip you to learn how to craft, share, and live a more meaningful story 
with your life. And that's what it's all about, making the most of the one life you get. Make sure to check out the Come Home for Christmas weekend at MatthewWest.com. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Go make the most of the one life you get. It's your story for his glory. See you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.